cross-cultural conflict. I don't think my family was unique in that when we got together, uh, we'd have people come from different sides of the family, different cultures, different backgrounds, different experiences. And the one thing we all knew, that there were landmines that you didn't want to step on, whether it be the food that you served, the topics that you went to, uh, or just generally the games that we play. Uh, so uh, today's episode is a little bit like what happens in cross-cultural families when they come together, but puts it in the context of organizations. And how do you take a large company that has different cultures from different countries and you bring them together so you take what could be huge irritations, those landmines I was talking about, and create opportunities for appreciation, learning, and leveraging strengths. So let's jump in. Come on in, grab a snack, welcome. <laughs> I didn't get the little sign that said I, I, gave, I didn't give this thing a permission to record. <laughs> but here I am. Um, I stumbled on a packet of material on cross-cultural yeah. work. And you and I did work on culture, which someday we'll do a real segment on. But the cross-culture came about because we worked with so many different styles of leading and living and being. It was mm. astounding. And it also uh, pertains to inside a company. Certain functions tend to have a certain culture and clash with others. So anyway, uh, I had... Actually, the lawyer at the top lawyer in the company asked me to do something with all of his lawyers from different companies because yeah. they'd be getting really, they were getting really irritated and sick of one another and how <laughs> they worked. Um, and a lot of it revolved around food. So, the people, this is going to go where it wants to go. I'm thinking how around food. Yeah. How the Europeans loved food and how the Americans loved selling food. That was absolutely totally, true. totally different. One uh, a Belgian gentleman came to me and said, We cannot do lunch anymore with your that with your team. I said, Why is that? He said, They eat so fast and so sloppy <laughs> and in such a hurry. And even the buffet as it set out makes no sense. I said, Well, buffets don't make sense. I said, oh, yes, yes, yes. You start with this, you then you do this, then you do that. And I kind of laughed too hard. And I heard about it. Oh, I, really? I heard about it. Um, don't be ridiculous. The way we love food is how every food seller should be. And um, another thing about food is they the accounting department across the company was together in Belgium trying to bring the year to a close and they had a very yeah. strict deadline and at seven and the Americans were ready to work all night with chips and at seven in the evening the international crew or the non-American crew said we are taking a break for dinner we'll be back at 9 30. <laughs> and the Americans I, I don't, just went crazy. And that means we'll stay up till two in the morning. Let's get it done. Let's order in pizza. 
I said, no, no, it's time for dinner. <laughs> and so, and oh, and here's one more food story. I had the top people from Belgium come and we went to a really top-notch restaurant. Yeah. Trying to be more like they were. <laughs> and finally, in the, by the time the second course came, a gentleman from Belgium got up and went into the kitchen and talked to the chef and said, slow down service. We want 20 minutes in between. Mm -hmm. Because we want to enjoy and eat slowly and talk and have good wine and be convivial. <laughs> and the Americans are going, hurry up and make it larger. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question for you because you, you've uh, facilitated like literally hundreds of these kinds of cross-cultural, cross-company yeah. teams. How did you kind of address some of those clashes? You just gave examples around uh, passion around food and pacing. I mean, easy. I mean, it was well, pretty tell easy me. in a sense. Well, I would simply say we are bumping into some real cross-cultural differences. Okay, and the good. interesting thing is we are all blind to our own. Yeah. We really think, and I said, and I lost that luxury when I went into the Peace Corps at age 21. When I yeah. came back, I saw America through very different eyes, much more placing it in the world than living in the center of me. So mm -hmm. I said, so we're going to learn to understand what those are, because frankly, you're all making each other nuts. <laughs> so I did something like that, but I do, I'm looking at a cross company cult culture conversation uh, that I, you works magic people. So take notes. Um, and at the top, it says, you can't know everything about your company and your culture, but you know a lot. Please complete the following statements and be prepared to share your humble teachings and be a proud learner. And so they were sentences that they had to finish. Yep. So, and actually you could have done it between or among American companies. Question one, the secret for working effectively with our company is... I like that. And I don't know whether these get uh, gradually more difficult, but that's that's a pretty challenging uh, question. Yeah, I'm going to ask you to answer. Oh, dang we it. We think the biggest misperception about our company is, and this one is always good, we think that you think. And then the things that please our company are. And the three rules to follow when working with our company are. I had a great lecture. In fact, I was going to share some of the stuff. I never got to it. it the room went bonkers when people shared. And they were willing to share. So, yeah. um so and and when you did this exercise, was it an individual complete the sentence, or did you get like Culture homogenous groupings. groups together? Okay, yeah. yes, yeah. yeah. So okay, the Americans, that makes sense. The American one of the biggest insights. The American said, "We think that you think we are arrogant," and everybody in the room went, "Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you are." And even that you. 
proves it. <laughs> yes. Here's my green card. Yes. <laughs> we agree. We agree. <laughs> well, Bob's holding up a green card. We used to use green cards and red cards. You know, we were like Cro-Magnon. <laughs> uh, well, you know, we had a strong it, 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 agreement. Those green cards went up. No, no, but I go ahead, Joyce. No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say there was, even though the, it was serious conversations, there was also a lot of laughter. Uh, yes. And yes. not not in a dismissive way, but eventually, like, oh boy, that, that's true. Yeah, that's yeah. true about us. <laughs> yeah, because before I think I before I asked these questions, I had them line up make a living continuum and people this is great too i'm bragging i mean what i mean is this worked really well um some of the and then i'll come back to some of these questions and bob you've got yeah. to answer the first one for food maya okay so go ahead sure okay well for instance one measure when you're doing cross-cultural work is what's the sense of self and space how close do you close to people? Do you sit close? Are you comfortable with that or distant? So mm. do you have to have a lot of space around you or not? So um, I would take that sense of self and space and put it in the middle of the room on a uh, flip chart paper, because that's what I use, and then have people line up on either side of whether they were close or distant. Ah. And, and, and as close as they could get to the truth. And of course, on the sense of space and self, all the Greeks were really at um, close. Yes. And interesting enough, the Belgians were further to the having distance. The U.S. was kind of in the middle. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. Emotions was another one that we would use expressive or controlled and <laughs> in general no okay greece and belgium were very expressive except yep. some of the belgians weren't who were flemish they were not they were more controlled the u.s was controlled uh but not as controlled as thailand or indonesia they and so the all of Indonesia and Thailand were way down at the end, and everybody else you could tell everybody else you could tell at a gathering they would interact and be together, they already were. And mm -hmm. there were the Asians way down at the end of that continuum, standing alone. You didn't need to have words, it showed in the um thing. So, uh, approach to conflict. Are you direct and blunt or are you indirect and polite? Well, <laughs> United <laughs> the United States and Greece were both quite direct and blunt. And, and then blunt, very and blunt. And laughed <laughs> and they were really loud down at the end of their continuum. Belgians were in the middle and the Asians were in the indirect and polite. And, and yeah. actually one of the things we learned during that session was when you ask, and this was uh, said by an Indonesian woman, when you ask us a question and want information, make it possible for us to say yes. Mm -hmm. And so that was a very practical uh, application. There was so, one. Uh, it, go ahead. Well, I was just, you know, you just uh, gave a great example. I think 
some of our listeners uh, may come to the conclusion, hey, th these are fun exercises. You tease out the differences in the room. But wh what's how do people leave changed at the end of the day? What, what's the ultimate intention? And your example of the Indonesian woman saying, ask the question in a way that I could possibly answer yes. That's it's like, right. you know, the, you, it's, and, it's great. And on your, whether you're tight or loose, um, the Greek culture really resented people thinking they were too loose because they actually watched their store profits very carefully. Yeah. And some other stuff, they were pretty darn loose. Um, so anyhow, it's it, once again, this, these are things that you can ask for and we'll send to you because I, I'm going to have, I have a new scanner now. Wow. So, yeah. So, so I'm going to kind of, uh, challenge our listeners uh this is great stuff uh that that you've created and have done times and yeah. times again what a great tool to give to our listeners so please email us at bobandjoyce.com and uh we will do our send best PDF. To these out to you <laughs> send a, and we will send you a pdf you know what one thing before we um you answer uh, that question up, uh well Go ahead. Ask the question, then I'll share okay, at least you, then, an you're gonna exercise ask. I did. I, oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. So uh, when I um, so I was a VP of operations, and I used to go out and uh, visit the stores, obviously every week. And one time when I went out, I would go around and ask department managers, hourly people, uh, store managers, uh, to answer the question. And the question was. At Foo Lion, what matters most is, mm. and I was so discouraged because mm. what was clearly the winner by a long shot was shrink. What matters most at Foo Lion is making sure that we don't have stuff get thrown out and losing value, and and I it it was. It, to me, it was the power of messaging. It was the power of culture because that's the conversation we had at that given time within the company. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the questions are great. And so I put it off long enough. Ask your question, Joyce. Okay. Well, and I'm thinking how Food Lion as a whole at this point would answer customer. They would answer totally different. Because yes. they message it really. And, and you know what? When you are working on this kind of thing, to get something – deep down into the behavior far away from yeah. a, a corporate company it takes three to five years. It really does. Yeah. For yeah. Any of us, it, no, yeah. that's why this transformation actually gets me nervous. Cause it's, let's do something. Let's make our, uh, let's hurry up and make our country transform. Doesn't happen that way. No. Okay. Yeah. All right, Bob, you're on the firing line. And you can you can use Hannaford when you work there. You can use any company you want. You worked at the Donut Place. What's that? Yeah, Krispy Kreme, the Donut Place. The Donut Place, Krispy Kreme. Okay, I'm watching my carbs. All right, the secret for working. What company are you doing? I'm going to do Krispy Kreme. Okay, I may sh I may shift, but I'll start there. The secret for working effectively with your our company is. Get doing your job well and getting things done. 
Downside to that? Um, head down as opposed mm -hmm. to head up and working across the organization. It was kind of a very individualized uh, uh, way of measuring uh, results. Okay. Want to do another one? Oh, sure. Okay. We can do... Uh, I just will not say that donut. I keep saying Dunkin' Donuts. Well, the, the other Sorry, thing Christy is... Cream. Go ahead. The things that please our company are... Our customers love for our product. Mm. I mean, you talk about pride around that hot, delicious glazed donut. Uh, yeah, there's nothing better. Ooh, I mean, you're making when we would go, water. When, when we would fly uh, to uh, a different part of the country, the, the habit was you take three dozen boxes of hot donuts into the plane and give them to the flight attendant to give uh to pass out i mean it was it was our joy was that donut that's wonderful yeah it really was and is probably still today how about want to switch companies i will i will put on my food lion hat the three rules to follow when working with our company are uh popped into my mind. I <laughs> three things. Um, be true to your word. Mm -hmm. um, treat your people well. Um, you know, I, 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 it's a default, but do your best work. You know, yeah. show up. And do your best work. We've got to get Meg on here and talk more about that. Uh, yeah, and she can correct me <laughs> if I miss <laughs> yeah. the mark. So yeah. We're talking about Meg Hamlin, the CEO of, of Food Lion, yeah. um, they can, they can who we admire. <laughs> yeah, a lot. So, um, yeah, this was good. I, I wasn't sure where we were uh, literally going <laughs> on this cross-cultural journey, but uh, some great tools there. My nephew who listens to us and well, he said, how long does it take you guys to prepare? <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, <laughs> I'm not telling you. <laughs> anyway, so, I said, we so, have a lot of experience to dig into. So, well, I, you know, we're coming into the holiday season, you know, uh, Thanksgiving's just a couple months away. And we're, you know, Joyce is there. Where is he going with this? What I, you you if when you bring families together, it's like in some respects bringing different cultures, different parts oh. of the country. And we would do an after dinner whip around, uh, and a whip around just throw a question out there, and everyone yeah. has to respond. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we would describe Uncle Johnny as fill in the blank. So it's just not a work uh, issue. You can bring it into your church, your family. Uh, well, I have a book group. of questions that we use, and my some every once in a while, my grandkids will say, "Can we have dinner pizza without questions?" <laughs> <laughs> no questions. <laughs> I said, "No questions, no pizza, easy." <laughs> All right. Okay, our work is done here. Bye, everybody. 
You know, Joyce has a lot of uh, powerful attributes that make her the leader that she is. But today's episode, what I appreciated is her uncanny knack for taking those conversations that aren't happening. You know, those things that are right below the surface, those irritations, those, you know, not backstabbing, maybe backstabbing, but ultimately brings things to the front and the fore and creates those learning moments that leverage the differences that reside in a group. And you know something, that's really our role as HROD practitioners to encourage our organizations to have not only the right conversation, but the conversation that may cause a little bit of irritation. So until next time, be well and be safe.